Welcome back, everybody. It's been a minute since we've had a Green Room podcast. But special edition coming to you from the Detroit News, a March Madness edition of the Green Room podcast here on Friday, March 17th, just a couple hours after Michigan State opened up the 2023 NCAA tournament. 72-62 win over future Big Ten rival Southern Cal. (laughs) In Columbus, uh, coming to us from Columbus now. He's down there. He'll be there for Sunday's game against Vermont. Time to or not Vermont, Marquette. Time to be announced. Uh, Matt Charbonneau, Matt, uh, how you doing? Uh, good. I tell you, these uh, this uh, schedule of green room podcasts has been uh, very taxing to say very, the least. Very consistent. <laughs> very well, you know, so Mel Tucker talked this week, and, and spring football started. So maybe that's. Uh, that's really why we're doing this, right? Yeah. Well, he 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 was at the game today, actually. And I didn't even see him. I saw D'Antonio and Kirk Gibson. Kirk and Gibson, by the way, Kirk Gibson looking pretty good, rocking a mustache from his uh, playing days. Uh, and he also had a sweet Michigan State Letterman jacket. I I gotta believe that's the one he had in college. It looked totally old school. So maybe, pretty. maybe, but yeah, close, close, not far away. So obviously, it was a decided. Michigan State advantage in the uh, in the arena today. Yeah, it sounded loud early, and then it sounded quiet early in this second half when USC kind of. I guess they're late in the first half was when more late first. Of, yeah, USC, USC kind of Michigan State got off to a good start. USC kind of punched back a little bit, tied at halftime. Um, but coming off a, a a season, just an up and down season for Michigan State. A lot of teams in the Big Ten up and down. So balanced conference i guess you could say but um as far as what you saw today i mean look they could lose to marquette obviously they, this thing could be over soon so you don't want to get too uh, you know too ahead of yourself but an impressive performance by michigan state today uh particularly on the defensive end yep that was a hundred percent the story um because if you know anyone who's been paying attention you know that that's been Tom is those biggest concerns the defense, even as the offense finally kind of started to find itself there that last, uh, what, maybe three weeks of the year when, you know, they were scoring 80 points a game for a decent clip there. Um, at the same time, he was warning everybody, you know, pay attention because our defense is kind of slacking and it continued in that Big Ten tournament loss to Michigan State, or I mean, Ohio State. Uh, the offense, I mean, they were bad all around that day. So it was it was the sole focus of the probably four days coming into this game was get back to the defensive effort that you saw earlier in the year. And I think that was the one thing that gave Michigan State confidence. It was is that it wasn't it wasn't like they've been a bad defensive team all year and they suddenly needed to be good at it. Um, it's something that they were. I mean, they were a really solid. They were, I don't say they were a great defensive team, but they were pretty good. Um, so they had that in their mind, like, hey, we we've done this. It's not. You know, we don't have to suddenly do something we haven't done before. And so, I, I, you know, the way they played today against guys like Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson, I mean, Boogie Ellis scored six points. He right. he was three for 12 shooting. I mean, he didn't have – I think he had one layup, and even that was through contact. So they really – I mean, the focus was to make it hard on him. Even if he scored, he was going to have to work for his shots, and he did. Uh, Peterson really didn't look great either. I know he's had a back issue for a little bit, so I don't know how much that bothered him. Uh, so really, I mean, they took the two best players out of the game. I mean, some other guys made some shots, but when you take those two guys out of the game, you're in pretty good shape. They had the, yeah, the, you mentioned that late first half. It was probably about a six, seven minute stretch there where the ball screen defense suddenly disappeared and the help side defense wasn't rotating and they got a few lump layups and dunks. And 
tied the game. Um, but other than that stretch, it was even time, as I said, 33 minutes or so of exceptional defense. And uh, so you didn't need to be great offensively. They were good enough. They were solid. And so they're moving on. And we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how many times that USC matchup comes. Uh, that's the other thing, too. USC's playing at 9.15 a.m. basically on their clock. I mean, that's kind of tough. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. they want to make excuses, but that's got to be tough. Give plenty of time for you know their their fans are all stuck in traffic trying to get to campus, so they'll you know they probably just <laughs> listen to it on their on their commute into school or work uh, today. But uh, you know even in that stretch, you know Michigan State jumped out to I think they ended up stretching it to like twelve or thirteen in the first half before USC kind of punched back a little bit there. But even it wasn't like panic time for Michigan State, you know where you know things can you know have. At times, a couple, you know, a few times this year, things have gone south in a hurry. I don't really, I didn't get the impression that that was the case. Look, they got a couple calls that were questionable, and then they had Sissoko ended up. He probably should have got the foul call on one end, so he's on the floor, and and USC runs it down and is playing four on three down on the other end. They make a basket, and you know, just but it wasn't in Michigan State. Just you know, they went cold for a minute on offense, so it wasn't like the end of the world. I think that bucket actually. I, I kind of thought the bucket uh, by was it Walker or at the end of the or no, it was um, Hogard at the end of the half. Um, I kind of thought that that was a a, yeah. a pretty pretty big bucket for them to to tie that game up going to halftime. They looked pretty pumped up going into half. Yeah, because you didn't want. I mean, you didn't want as much as I think you're right that it wasn't didn't feel like panic time, but you wanted to at least have that game tied, right? Half considering the way because yeah they controlled most of that half and you didn't want to come out of that somehow trailing you didn't know what the momentum does or what happens at halftime so you're right I think that was that was an important bucket and and then they started quickly in the second half too I mean I know again it got a little bit close and then they then they just kind of took off um, but yeah I mean it's I, I you're right I don't think it ever felt panicky because it wasn't like I said their best players weren't doing anything you know and and. Who's this the big guy, Joshua Morgan, scores 14 points. I don't know if the guy scored 14 points in five games. So it wasn't like – so I guess you could have had that pessimistic attitude of, oh, boy, these guys don't score all year, and now they're going to score today. But it's, it, it did never feel like they were losing control of that. And, you know, Joey hit some big threes. And it's it just you, – you got a lot from a lot of guys. Even Malik Hall, who didn't score a ton. But if people remember back to the Ohio State game a week ago, he was – that's as bad as he's looked since he's come back. He just wasn't moving well. Wasn't defending, couldn't rebound. I think he had one rebound in 23 minutes. Uh, today, he was moving a lot better. He was able to defend Peterson at times when Hogard was out, grab some rebounds in traffic. That's it, 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 as healthy or not healthy as he is right now. That's what you need out of, out of Malik Hall. And he gave that to him today. The big question for him, obviously, is quick turnaround. Is is he able to do that? Because even I even asked him after the game about his foot, and he's like, he's like, every day is a different day. You know, some days we're able to get it and it feels great. Another day, eh, it doesn't feel as good. You know, it's just kind of how it is at the end of the season. That's not going to get much better until he has an off season. So if they can get that Malik Hall today, I think they're going to feel pretty good about it. They don't need him to score a ton, but they need him defend and rebound, and he did a lot of that today. Yeah. Well, he's right. Every day is a different day by the letter of the law. That is true. Well, <laughs> in terms of how his foot feels, <laughs> that's where we're going. Um, you mentioned it, but Boogie Ellis put six points or whatever. Um, I think I saw, I heard on the broadcast that Izzo was saying that, you know, he might be one of the best, you know, point guards they play all year. 
and they were able to shut him down. Obviously, big for them. And this is, we know that this tournament's about two things: it's about defense and it's about guard play. And that basically, you can, you know, draw a parallel between those two things and how far you go. And uh, so far, so good for Michigan State on those fronts. Yeah, that's exactly what they got today. The the other thing being the matchups, and it's, you know, as as we saw throughout Big Ten play, when a, there's a dominant big man, obviously that's a right. tough matchup for Michigan State. So UFC didn't have that. Um, as you look ahead, Marquette doesn't necessarily have that in terms of, a, you know, you're looking like a traditional guy like an Edie or Dickinson or Jackson Davis. They don't have that. So, so matchup-wise – it's setting up well for Michigan State, and you're right. If the guards keep playing them, you know, I think we've known all year Michigan State's going to go as far as these guards take them. Um, but they're playing well right now, all three of them really. When you consider Jaden Akins as well, um, he had a few he had a few stints on on Boogie Ellis today too that were really good. And um, you do that, and you defend like they are. They're, here's the thing: they're going to have a chance to win every game. And I mean, you know, it's not guaranteeing anything, but as as long as you put yourself in a spot to win every game. You, you give yourself a fighting chance. I think that's where they're at right now. You know, Mar- Marquette's clearly a good team. They pulled away late from Vermont today. Um, but honestly, God, I, it's, it's a matchup I think they like. And uh, I'll tell you what, you never know when you're a Tyson Walker 30-point game or a Joey Hauser 6 three-point game. And these things sw- swing pretty quickly. It's uh, I'm not counting them out of anything at this point, but the, the margin for error is small. Well, sure. Like I mean, I think the margin for of error – is small for everybody in this tournament. Yeah. This is as wide open of a tournament as we've seen in years, maybe ever. Um, I mean, it's maybe called the portal, whatever, you know, the portal effect is, is catching up with this tournament now. And mm-hmm. I think you're seeing the margin of error between one and 16 is probably as small as it's ever been even. Um, but uh, it's funny. You mentioned Walker and you mentioned Hauser. You go back a year um I, I think the strides that those two guys have made as far as impact players and again, how far this team's going to go is pretty, is pretty impressive. Uh, the yeah. strides those guys have made. Yeah. And that's kind of been what it's, it's been that all year. Now, look, there's other guys that are important. AJ Hogard and the way he plays is massively important to this team, but, but you're right. I mean, Tyson, Walker, you got your point guard, your point guard, obviously. And then you got a guy who's shooting 40 some percent from three. Um, those are big deals. Yeah. And but but Tyson has become that dude. He's looking to make tough shots, big shots when they count. Um, you know when they're up against it, they need to create a shot. He's that guy. And Joey is uh, the guy. Joey Hauser is right now from what he was his first three. I mean, he is an absolutely different person, and, no, it's, and it's beyond just on the court. Yeah, it's just talking to the guy. He is just so much more relaxed and loose and confident. He doesn't let and, you know. He's admitted many times. You know. In the past, he would worry about if he misses his first couple shots. You know, and the the other thing he's worried about is I didn't want to come in here and be a guy that seemed selfish mm-hmm. and take too many shots. So it was, he was never really in that great headspace, and he just is now. And it's it's really amazing to see how far he's come in a, in a pretty short time. And now, I mean, when he misses a three, you kind of feel like, oh, what happened? Yeah, um, and if you he, shoot forty five percent or whatever it is from three, the, your teammates want you to be a little selfish, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's I think. His teammates have told him, "No, get shoot the damn ball." You know, this mm-hmm. is that, that's a big a big thing for them. And you know, he's just been a, such a different guy this year, and he's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, to see where those two guys have come, and then you, you add in the way AJ plays. He's, today was another a game where AJ was dialed in and consistent for the whole game. And you got to avoid those little. He has those little spurts still here and there. He kind of just uh, 
loses it for a minute and Tom wants to tear his head off. And, uh, but I think he's, he was really dialed in today. If you keep getting that and, and Jaden Nakins has really taken a big step the last, what, four or five weeks, uh, become that consistent third scorer. And a guy that's, the just, thing, just, that's the thing. That's the thing. You look at this team and Izzo mentioned it, has mentioned it tons of times. It's not his most talented team. And, you know, you and I have followed Michigan State basketball for a long time. We can name the, the team that was led by this star and that star and that star. And you look at this team that they maybe don't have a star, but then you just start reeling off the, the impact yeah. players and it's like, oh, he's pretty good. Oh, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty good. Too. You know, but with Hogarth and, and, and Hauser, I think what's interesting, and I think that those are two reasons, even though they're both transfers, uh, not Hogarth, uh, Hauser and Walker, um, even though they're two transfers, I think they're also two prime examples of why Izzo doesn't want to just rely year in, year out on the transfer portal. Because just because you transfer in a good player, it takes time to adjust to the system. It takes yep. time for Walker to get hit, to get into that system. It's taken a year. Um, and so I think they're even though they're both transfers, interestingly, I think they're both two examples of why Izzo isn't jumping all over the portal. Because, yeah. you know, it's yeah. it's like bringing – it's not like – it's not exactly like bringing in a freshman who's got to get his feet wet, but there's some truth to that. Yeah, and Joey – look, Joey's a little different. He's been there now for three and a half, almost right. four years, whatever it is, uh, kind of lose track after a while. But Tyson, I mean, these they both talked about it. I mean, most of last year was not only Tyson trying to figure out where he fit, but Izzo and the staff trying to figure out where it all works. I mean, you remember he came in, it was like he's going to be the point guard. Sure. Well, I mean, now he only just plays the point here and there when AJ is in foul trouble or something like that, and he's become this reliable scoring option as a two-guard. And, you know, it, it took a while to find that sweet spot. Um, it, it wasn't there for most of last year. So, yeah, it takes time, and Tom Izzo talks about the process all the time. Um, I think there was a snarky tweet by somebody today, you know, the, the constant – uh, harping on Izzo about not getting a big out of the portal. He didn't get a big out of the portal. Every time Michigan State lost the game, by the way, it was because Izzo didn't get a big out of the portal. That's what Twitter will tell you. Um, a couple of the main guys everyone wanted out of the portal, bigs out of the portal, uh, got eliminated from the NCAA tournament in the first round. Right. Um, well, one of them was a portal guy. Everyone lamented the loss of Julius Marble, which, again, we all know why. Julius, you know, he, was, he needed to be back closer to home. It was no like negative about Michigan State, but I, he had really no role in Texas A&M's loss to Northwestern. Um, and the dude at Iowa State, there. Uh, it's just, it, it, it's always, you always think you got to figure it out. And you kind of forget sometimes that maybe Tom Izzo might know his roster a little bit. Now, look, that doesn't mean. I don't think anybody has the portal figured out. No, I don't that's the thing. Yeah. Does. I don't think the, I don't think Izzo hating the portal has it figured out. And right. I don't think. Brad Underwood at Illinois loves the portal, has it figured out. Yeah. I don't think anybody understands the perfect balance here. Right, because there's – look, I think most of us agree, yeah, there's dudes they could have got out of the portal that could have helped them. I mean, or if Julius Marble doesn't transfer, that's three three more wins maybe. You know, that all I think is true, but there's so many other things involved now. The roster management – I wouldn't want to be these coaches dealing with roster management now and the way people can go in and out of the portal. But you also got to think of your recruiting class – I mean, you had top five big man committed at that point. You go get some two-year guy of the transfer portal, and now this guy changes his mind. I mean, there's so many things to think about. Mm -hmm. um, and look, Mati Sissoko has struggled at times this year. He, like today, he had stretches where he was everything they needed him to be, 
and then have would have a five minute stretch where it was just a disaster. And that's kind of that's the frustrating part about it because then you see Carson Cooper, he comes in and does the things he does in thirteen minutes. A couple big dunks got that thing going again. He was solid defensively. Jackson Kohler scored. He didn't play as much. Yeah. By the way, those two guys when they're in and playing well, they're just they're fun. Yeah, and, and you're seeing <laughs> fun to watch. Like, like, would would we be seeing this progress from them and and all the long term stuff with them if they would have no. got some of the portal? No, probably not. You know, so it's it, it's a tough call to make, and I just think it's tough to always say, oh, he didn't do this, uh, he's messed up the season. You know, and it it's just a tough spot to be in, and it's not just you. You mentioned it's not just Michigan State, it's not just time. Is everyone? Everyone. I'm telling you, and they you talk to coaches and they love the portal one day and they hate it the next. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it just—they just don't know how to strike the balance. They don't know how to recruit freshmen out of high school yeah. anymore. They don't know yeah. how to do that because they have no idea what the what's going to be available. Right? It's—it's uh, it's, it's just a cluster. And look, Tom is what doesn't like the look. He's—he's he's been consistent. Mm-hmm. He's right. used it, but he doesn't like it. Right? Because it doesn't. Most people feel it. And they don't see things through, and you don't follow this. You don't get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's—and how many guys go in the portal and end up nowhere? Well, not just half basketball, half but half of them. There's going to yeah. be a thousand players in the portal this year, and half of them are going to get scholarships elsewhere, right? And, and the other half are going to be left scrambling. And even though most of those people have been told that's exactly what's going to happen, it's just um, you know, look, I'm all for giving the players the power. I mean, the NCAA, the the monopoly they've had on this whole system has been wrong, um, so something had to change. Um, we'll see how this works in a couple of years once you know. Because now you can't transfer anymore if you've already transferred, and there's that rule, and you can, you'll have to sit out a year. So eventually, it's going to slow down a little bit. But yeah, and the COVID, the COVID year too. The COVID, year, the COVID thing's going to go away, and then that'll help them start recruiting freshmen again. Because COVID really stopped them from recruiting freshmen when they had these guys getting a fifth year. Yeah. Um, but the the one thing about the portal though is you look around this. I mean, I'm telling you, this NCAA tournament, and even it's really been the last couple of years. You just the, the difference between a one seed and a sixteen seed is just as small as it's ever been. Yeah, yeah there's, gonna be some blow, there's gonna be some blowouts, but these close games, Northern Kentucky, not a great team. I've saw them play several times this year, but it didn't surprise me that they went to the wire yesterday, uh, you know, to you know, put a threat up there and before falling. So it's just I guess that's kind of the cool thing. Cause I mean, I filled out a couple of brackets this year and you know, I'm just going over. I'm going. Well, this could happen. Who knows? None of the upsets yesterday surprised me. None no. of them. They just don't surprise me anymore, because the and that's what the portal has done. I will believe that that the portal has closed the gap as far as the best teams to the pretty good teams. The interesting thing we'll see about it is that just more guys that are at mid majors now wanting to transfer up. Right. So, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. I, a I just them, think, a lot yeah. of them do. But what you're also seeing, you know, it goes both ways because you're seeing guys who are fifth or sixth in the rotation in power fives moving down. Um, you saw that last year. Well, I mean, you saw that last year. Jamal King goes from Marquette to Oakland, has a good year, and gets a multi-million dollar contract in the NBA. Um, so it, 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 they're, the mid-major coaches were all freaking out. Oh, we're going to lose our best players. We're going to lose our best players. But they're also seeing that well, they're not losing all their best players. 
and they're getting some return from the power five level too. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But anyway, we don't need to get into a dissertation <laughs> on the transfer portal. It's just, uh, I, I just think that this tournament is kind of epitomizes what the transfer portal is doing. Um, you know, it's just kind of causing chaos across the board, which sometimes chaos is fun. Um, well, that's why we call it madness, right? Right, exactly. I don't know if, we, uh, if we're allowed to do that. That's trademarked. I don't know if we'll have to edit that out. Oh, I don't care. Call it March Madness. And that's the NCAA yeah. tournament. I mean, right, know. just like you can't – you better have those NCAA cups when you're on press row. You don't want to have oh a, my God. a deciding <laughs> water bottle sneaking through and airing on CBS for God's uh, One of my favorite things about the tournament. Oh, my God. I, the, one, the one tournament I covered when I went to Brooklyn for Michigan when they played Notre Dame in 2015 or 16, whenever that was, I probably got yelled at because I'm a Diet Coke fiend. Obviously I got yelled at at least 15 times in the course of two days. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, they have basically security people just for the day. I know they hire. I know I want that job. I want to be hired on my only job is to make sure you're drinking out of a blue and white NCAA <laughs> logo cup. That, that's what I'm getting paid for today. It's just yeah. like everyone's drinking out of the same Dixie cup. <laughs> anyway, uh, Marquette's up next. Look, I, I talked to Greg Campy when this bracket came out, and he agreed with me. The East is as doable a bracket as it could be for or a region that as Michigan State could have been in. I think Marquette is a favorable matchup for that, as favorable as you're going to get against two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And looking downward, you see, you know, looking down, you see a Purdue. You know, yeah, they got Edie, they got the big man, they got problems there, but you've also played them. You know them as well as anybody. So I just think this region as a whole – you got through the USC, you got through that little thing, and and I think Marquette is a winnable game. I I agree completely. When you looked at all the number twos, this is the best potential match in terms of matchups for Michigan. Really, State. twos, threes, fours, one. I mean, yeah, but, 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 as, but, yeah, yeah, but the, you're playing the two right away. I get it. Yeah, being the seven, you're going to have to beat a two likely right. to get out of the weekend. And when you looked around at the other ones, you certainly didn't want to play Arizona even though they have a losing. Um, again, just because of matchups. They had two bigs, and that's – that's a bad spot for Michigan State. Um, uh, you know, UCLA, I think they're down a player, but just I, I, to me, the Marquette matchup is the if you had to, if you're going to get to that and play one of these twos, this is the one I think you wanted to play. And um, they're certainly a good team, Big East champs. They got Big East player of the year, but he only scored eight today. Um, I just, you know, this is this is a game you have to feel like Michigan State's, it, it feels like a toss up to me. I don't know what the spread will be or any of those sort of things. Um, yeah, but if you're mentioning that. the wide open nature of this thing, like the seedings now, it's almost like it. I don't even look at that number anymore. Like the idea that, say, Michigan State as a seven, if they beat Marquette, like technically be an upset. But I don't know how many people feel like it's crazy that Michigan State would win this game. So um, it, I wouldn't it, be surprised if that number is razor thin when the when the game opens when that tips. Sure. Up. Yeah, Michigan, and I, State, I, Michigan State was a two and a half point favorite today. And I bet that Marquette will be if if Marquette's a favorite at all, will be less will be much will be half that. So can you be half than two and a half? What's happening? One, one or one and a half. One or one and a half. well, I don't really bet these games uh, there, Tony. So I, I don't know well, I don't going. either. I almost bet Michigan State today, by the way. I almost did. I had a big bet to have them cover the two and a half. And then I'm sitting there going, Yeah, you know what? I'd rather just watch the game. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to have any of that hanging over. Yeah. I, but I, honestly, I, I think the the thing about it though too is Michigan State was it was good offensively today, but I don't think nearly as good as they can be. Either. Oh, they weren't I mean, great. They, they, missed missed some, they, missed some, they missed some open looks today, yeah. and that could you could see. I mean, if they, I mean, they could shoot better than they did today. We've seen it down the stretch; they've shot better. So, 
if, as long as you don't get any any laps in that defensive effort, um, you know, look, Marquette's going to make some shots. Of course they are. But, man, you get the sort of defensive effort you had today, uh, you got to feel pretty good about your chances against Marquette. And I know it's cliche. But we love cliches. What, Tom Izzo knows a little something. About the two-day turnaround, and I don't shock a smart pushover. I was going to mention that. I was going to yeah. However, in the last seven years, he's only got out of it once. Well, uh, I understand that. Now that was, was a final. Now, to be fair, that was a final four run. So yeah, they did make the final four. Who knows what happened in 2020? But sure, they sure looked like and Smart has yeah. struggled. You know, in recent yes. tournaments, there's no question about yeah. it. I will say this: I wonder if the 2020 season doesn't get canceled, or the postseason, and Michigan State does what a lot of people thought they were, you know, were on a path to do. Um, I don't know if people would be as panicky as the whole, the first weekend thing as they right. are right now. I Look, I get you've had two years in a row, but it's kind of like settle down. I mean, look around the country. How how many teams – like some people this year were saying, oh, it would be good for Michigan State streak to end for like a reset. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? No, I don't. Like there's one other team in the country – that's had a better streak. I, I I don't. I mean, Tom Izzo's been to more in a row than anybody. Like, why in the world do you think that would be good to stop that? No, I don't get it. And so, but that's yeah, I get yeah, that, that was, first weekend. It's it's yeah, a big deal. The but Red, I think yeah, everyone said the Red Wing streak ending would be a good thing, and that's different. That's true because they needed to rebuild it. Yeah. But in with Michigan State, you're not you're not doing any ground up rebuild. Like, right. You know, it's yeah. you know you're always rebuilding and sure. You're always re- reloading, and so that's for me. That's that. That's, that's what makes the streak more impressive. Yeah, that's absurd. you are always rebuilding. You said that. <laughs> uh, I was out there. People get look. I get people oh, get frustrated, God. and and at Michigan State, I understand the expectations are high, and they they're high, be. and they should be. They should be. So yeah. yeah, when you lose a couple games, maybe a couple you don't think you should. I get it, but um, I don't know, man. It's I don't when you start wishing that your team doesn't get certain places that they normally do. I think that's a slippery slope. So, um. Here they are, man. I, I don't know. I predicted in our predictions that they would, they would win this weekend and get to the Sweet Sixteen. I, I feel, yeah. I think I, I feel just as confident in that right now. It's certainly not a lock, but I feel like no. it's a good matchup and they've they've got a good shot. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Um, so we'll find out. We don't have the game time for you yet, but that'll be Sunday. Probably, yeah. probably an early game. I'm guessing. It depends. There's a lot of things that go into it, and who wins some other games and what prime TV slot. There's a lot of things up in the air. I was talking for people today, so it could be really at any point on Sunday, to be honest. So we'll okay. see. We'll know. This is what? Friday? We'll know some point Friday night. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at UConn's blow is running away from Iona. I wonder if that'll be Rick Pitino's last game at Iona. We'll see. Oh, he ends up. Could he go? Where is he? I've heard rumors, right? What, Georgetown, maybe? So. I bet he hasn't created any of those rumors. No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, so what was the score today? 72-62 Michigan State yep. uh, over uh, USC, future Big Ten rival. The Michigan State will play Vermont on Sunday. Marquette. Marquette, Jesus. Why Why do I think? Because, again, there's the chaos of the portal. Like, I just assumed Vermont beat Marquette. <laughs> Marquette, it's the yeah. Joey Hauser Bowl. That, that's what it that's is. the other thing too. I saw some people say this is Joey Hauser's revenge. I don't think he's no, looking for revenge. Like There's what no is revenge? They Marquette didn't throw him out. No. <laughs> like what? <laughs> uh, whatever. Oh, I guess boy. you go for any storyline you can. Right? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but anyway, though, so Marquette and Michigan State 
will play on Sunday for a chance to go to the Sweet 16. You can follow all our coverage at DetroitNews.com throughout the NCAA tournament. Heck, we even have NIT coverage on there. Um, What's that? What's the NIT? I know, right? Yeah. Oh. It's the one that's the tournament that North Carolina is too good for. That's what that is. Isn't that hilarious? Come yeah, on. It's like, Hey, North Carolina, shut up yeah, and play. Exactly. Um, Michigan women's basketball coverage, also DetroitNews.com. They won their opening game today against Nevada. They're playing on Sunday for a chance to go to the Sweet 16 as well. So you can check out all of Matt's coverage, Angelique's coverage at DetroitNews.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Charbonneau. You can follow me on Twitter, Tony Paul1984. And that'll do it. We'll do this again after Sunday's game. Matthew, we'll let you go get some food. You got it. See you. Bye. Ya. Bye.